Owing to the unusual recording conditions of this week's episode, there are some technical problems with the audio quality. We apologize in advance for any inconvenience. We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we are coming to you from far-flung corners of the Earth. Simon is uh, in location in Sussex in a shed. And I'm... (laughs) I'm in a kitchenette on the beach in Mexico, uh, but we wouldn't want to uh, leave you out of our annual Doctor Who Christmas special episode. Uh, how are you tonight, Simon? I'm very well, thank you. Full of uh, mince pies and brandy butter. <laughs> uh, it's a little earlier in the day for us. We've just had breakfast, but uh, <laughs> or maybe nothing wrong with mince breakfast. pies for breakfast. <laughs> no, it's tea time here. Um, All right, well, we are looking at the annual Doctor Who Christmas special, Peter Capaldi's final outing, Twice Upon a Time. And I'm going to admit fully and freely to the audience that I watched this on Christmas evening. Uh, I believe Simon watched it on Christmas evening, and it is already Friday. Um, Half a week has gone by. So forgive me for the recap that follows. (laughs) (laughs) the doctor the 12th doctor arrives at the south pole where the cyberman invasion thwarted by the first doctor in the 10th planet is just ending the doctor has decided to end his life and stop regenerating unbeknownst to him the first doctor has also decided to end his life and not regenerate They then encounter a soldier who seems very confused and eventually Bill Potts, who is also somewhat confused, but less so because they're kidnapped and taken somewhere for their testimony. Then they have to go find a Dalek to get some information to figure out who the testimony folks are, who turn out not to be bad guys after all. And and then the doctors regenerate the end. Story. Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'll turn it over to you, and then we'll try to talk through it, and uh, maybe we'll tease out a little more detail that uh, is not immediately coming to my mind. So what did you think of Twice Upon a Time? Well, I I mean, the, 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 the preamble to this has to be, and I, I've said this to you before, but I am very, very... Uh, I'd say against recasting. Um, I put it this way, though. But I, I don't, in, I don't enjoy it, and so I was not expecting to enjoy this episode, knowing that what I was going to be watching was was uh, going to feature quite heavily someone who's not William Hartnell playing the First Doctor, and so I was pretty much expecting to hate it, and I certainly had a good few problems with not just 
the the recasting of the first doctor but a lot of things to do with the way the first doctor was handled in this but um i i I think probably i had a similar feeling to you from this in the sense that you don't seem to have felt there was much to this episode (laughs) and yeah my feeling at the end of it was kind of it's 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 difficult to find it particularly offensive because it's it's quite it's just it's it it's it's quite sort of nebulous i suppose it's it's a a reflection on both uh, the the twelfth Doctor and uh, who he is and 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 memories and and what all this means and this kind of thing. And a lot of people have liked it precisely because it is low key. And having seen the kind of mess, uh, the bombastic mess that has occurred in other. Uh, you know, thinking of t- of uh, time of the Doctor, perhaps other other kind of regeneration stories. I guess I appreciate that, um, but I, it's it 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 certainly. I mean, the thing is, I just thought this last season, this year's season, the the the, the Bill Potts season of Doctor Who was excellent, and in particular, it gave us a. A, 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 a proper two-part finale that was actually outstandingly good it really capped off the series when often the, the finales have have kind of been disappointing in themselves because they've sort of under delivered after being over over promised and i would have been yeah. very happy if 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 capaldi had gone out at the end of that episode where it was a proper kind of heroic exit but the you know this is this is the again the the curse of the the christmas regeneration we, we it seems that since we've had regeneration episodes at christmas with time in the title they've always been a a, a rather kind of over over drawn out and underwhelming event mhm well i'm happy to let you flounder along there on that because <clears throat> I, I'm going to echo a lot of it, although I, I'm i going to go so far as to say that I found the episode rather tediously dull. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I am not... I used to be vehemently opposed to recasting, but I still... I have come around to the idea that an actor's job is to act and that you know they can they can give a performance and if the performance is supposed to be William Hartnell as the doctor then you know it, it's it's not a it's not a failing of the actor to achieve that you know if that's the remit that they've been given and no, recognizing no. that they're all that you know that they're dead and that there may be valid reasons for having a story where you need to bring the first doctor back just saying in the story context not not as a not as an event like the three doctors and the five doctors where the whole point was to get get the team back together but I, so i'm not opposed to it I, I i can live with it i would obviously prefer that the actors live forever and that they continue to give <laughs> us wonderful performances but at the same time i'm not sure that i agree that the that the first doctor has to be retired um, that said, I wasn't crazy about the performance for um, 
uh, Hartnell's doctor here uh, in the in the story. So that was one strike against it. It it wasn't as convincing as I'd hoped. Well, I I I I thought that David Bradley was excellent as William Hartnell. So yes. I I you know four years ago when we got him playing William Hartnell and in one or two kind of very uh, short snippets playing a scene that the doctor you know playing playing a scene that w- that was William Hartnell playing the doctor because that was part mm-hmm. of the story and that was that was fine so i've absolutely no um no real criticism of of david bradley himself in this but i think on your other point the question of right do you know is there is there a need to bring back a a version of the doctor in a show where let's face it they've specifically designed a whole you know this whole concept of regeneration around being able to accommodate different actors the 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 role moving on to a different actor without it having to be new actors playing the same performance of the old actor and i i i cannot see what the point of bringing the first doctor back was I had a few theories knocking around my mind at the end of this episode. I'm like, mm, what was that for? Well, now I'm not going to say that I agree that necessarily this, this story warranted it, but you know, I, I, I'm just saying as a, a conceptually as a point and, and you know, you, you okay, may, I'll, I'll, good... I'll accept, I'll accept the principle that it might be the case, even though it's never happened yet. Well, okay. So I'm going to, uh, but this I'm wasn't it. That, that, you know, as you say, they built a format where you're supposed to not need to keep the actor around forever. But at the same time, and I hate to bring up the two doctors as a prime example of this, when you knock around the universe for as long as I have, and particularly when the doctors are not, you know, uh, always in control of their TARDIS or where they're going to arrive, it's theoretically possible that two of them should come together in a non I wouldn't say non contrived because it's all contrived, but you know, <laughs> it could it could happen. Right? Even even in the two doctors they ruined it by making it a Time Lord intervention thing. But it's <clears throat> so I, I'm not I'm I mean I, I, I'll I'll Why say I here? I enjoyed the day of the Doctor and I've 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 pretty much been um, in the bar humbug camp when it comes to multi-doctor stories. I thought, you know, the three doctors was pretty awful. I thought the five doctors were pretty awful. Even the two doctors was pretty awful. Also, and, I mean, even especially. <laughs> well, and 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 so yeah, the the anniversary stories I I I preferred were were not multi-doctor stories and so i was very skeptical about day of the doctor day of the doctor came along actually it was highly highly enjoyable and the the interplay between the the actors including john hurt was was part of what made it so special and so i i'm i my 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 skepticism about uh, about this whole multi-doctor thing i've had set set to one side because of that and then and then you know this year We've had another multi-time Lord story with with the the masters in um, uh, World Enough mm-hmm. and Time, and I just thought that was absolutely superb. So this kind of thing can be done well. I will 
I will accept that. Um, my yeah, my scepticism is is around: did this need to be the first Doctor? And actually, did this what what, what was the point anyway? Um, that I can't figure out because here we have a a, a situation where, again, referring to multi Doctor canon. There seems to be, and it's even explicitly called out in Day of the Doctor, that you don't remember your encounters with your future self Mm -hmm. until you yourself are your future self. So Capaldi ought to remember what's going on at the end of Tenth Planet, which he repeatedly states, I don't remember this. It didn't happen. It didn't happen this way. But wouldn't he he only remember it after... I After it happened for him, that was that was the impression I got from Day of the Doctor. I didn't think that's it, the it, way. It wasn't the impression I got from Time Crash. So this kind of stuff is not particularly consistent, right? No, and and I think you know if we look at Day of the Doctor, the Doctor when the time portal opens up and he flings the fez in, I think that's the moment where he realizes what's happening. Right? He he suddenly gets that look. He's like, oh right, and so he throws the the fez into the thing so that would imply that he does now remember that the fez came through and he can i don't know it's it's hard to say but you know the fact that capaldi just keeps saying i don't remember this happening it either means that his timeline has been changed or it didn't happen and i don't or, know or, or maybe you know but the, i mean the other thing is regeneration trauma because immediately after these events he regenerates that's possible that's possible. So let's take a look at the premise here of starting at the first Doctor's point of view. What we know from Tenth Planet is that the Doctor walked away from Ben and Polly, and they've recreated this mm-hmm. um, from the Cyberman ship, and he heads back to the ship, and he puts the TARDIS in motion, although it's still unclear when they got into the TARDIS. <clears throat> But he falls down on the floor. That's where they see him. And, and as he's, <clears throat> they may or may not see him finishing the regeneration on the floor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this whole episode takes place between the moment he leaves the Cyberman ship and the moment that he uh, gets to the TARDIS. I'm first off just not convinced that we can interject that the doctor was not going to go off and regenerate that, that he was going to effectively commit suicide at that point. I don't think we see it in the 10th planet. I don't think we've ever seen it in his personality. Um, I, you know, this was not a a massive defeat. This was not a, a, a horrible time. You know, he, he seemed to be thinking, well, this old body's wearing a bit thin. That implies, He's going on. Unlike Capaldi, who I don't necessarily agree that he might run off and commit suicide, at the same time, at the very least, he's just had a very, very devastating loss. And he's very, very old. And, you know, he could reach the point. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm trying, trying to justify that, but he's reached the point yeah. where maybe it's just not worth continuing on. So I could kind of see that attitude out of him. I can't see it in the first Doctor. For starters, I, yeah. I mean, I want, I want because obviously when we, when we, when we see 
this uh, being foreshadowed at the end of the season finale when he lands at, at the the uh, South Pole and David Bradley turns up. Obviously, we we know it's going to be something connected with the tenth planet. And one of the kind of things you can speculate about is that the regeneration in the 10th planet needs to be, quote, fixed. Mm-hmm. Because, as you say, there's actually not a lot to read into there. It's not like uh, on screen you're seeing a, 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 anything particularly traumatic going on for the first Doctor. And, I don't know, maybe that is something that needs to be fixed. Obviously, off screen, you've got much more drama with Hartnell being kind of shoved out of the way, shoved out of the role but um, you know thinking, would this be would this kind of be set during episode 3 where he's pretty much not in it for most of the time would that be trying to fix that that's where Um, I would have gone well that seemed likely because because you, you might you might feel like and this this kind this kind of connects with I think the whole regeneration problem with where we are. But you might feel like the problem, if there is a problem, with the first Doctor's regeneration is this whole ah my body's a bit worn out. I'm going to get renewed, which is not really very much like anything that we've seen after that, because even from the second Doctor, what we get is a regeneration that is born of the Doctor, in some way sacrificing himself right mm-hmm. because because the you, you know although it's actually the, the the time lords imposing it the reason he ends up in the hands of the time lords is because he sticks around to do the right thing at the end of the war games sending people back to their correct time zones the only way he can do that is by getting on the blower to the people he's been running away from and then mm-hmm. thereafter you've got you know you've got um with uh, with Planet of the Spiders and and with um, you know with ca- Caves of Androzani, you've got kind of the 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 fondly remembered episodes where the Doctor actually does this very self-sacrificing thing, and as a result of it, he gives he gives his life or yeah. one of his lives, and the, the, for. That, that 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 kind of thing seems to be very fitting because that that there is always a sense of loss when a mm. doctor regenerates particularly if you know you you we've become attached to a doctor and i think Capaldi's been brilliant and uh and actually uh, you know i i also thought matt smith was brilliant i also thought david tennant was brilliant but i thought their regenerations were awful because this self-sacrificing thing has gone from being something in the heat of the moment where the doctor has to 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 something that is is drawn out and whether that's tenants yeah. kind of 15 minute uh regeneration tour or uh or, you know or or here what we seem to be getting now is we it, this holding on thing followed by uh, an entire episode of agonizing and uh speech to the new doctor and i'm kind of thinking oh come on yeah, no. just get on with it. <laughs> yeah, I loved him. I loved Capaldi. He's been absolutely brilliant, particularly this year. But just get on with it, for goodness' sake. Yeah, this episode was didn't have a point. There wasn't really a threat. There wasn't. Um, I guess the threat is that they weren't going to regenerate. But 
yeah, it just I I, I felt well, you know, we had the so previously in Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who, no Christmas specials. I'm sure we've talked about this, but no yeah. Christmas specials, and I don't Feast know that the, not yeah, not the not like you, not now Christmas Day extravaganza no, kind no. of thing. No, and the schedules on the BBC appear to be roughly quarterly, starting in January. So any way you slice this, you're kind of putting the Christmas special between seasons series yeah. if you will yeah. and so you either have the Christmas invasion where you bring the new doctor in which which I thought actually worked quite well considering yeah it's it, I know I have a higher a higher opinion of the of the episode than you but compared to go. compared compared to getting rid of a doctor introducing a new doctor is much easier to combine with the whole party episode feel of having something festive Yes, I, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm on that scale score. I'm completely on board with you there. So, yeah, the the Christmas episodes you've got to hang the Doctor on to a special episode that isn't part of the narrative arc to achieve the regeneration when the regeneration should be part of the narrative arc. That's the whole point behind the series finale last year was that was the regeneration that you know we should have built up to um i mean i'd be i'd I'd be i'd be quite in favor i i don't feel it has to happen at this series finale i just think christmas is an awkward time to do it because first of all you're trying to do a, a, a christmas episode an episode that everyone is going to gather around and watch after they are filled with turkey and christmas pudding and and everything and it's the whole family and it's a bunch of people who don't watch doctor who and mm-hmm. you kind of need something that is just a bit of um i i, I don't want to, i don't want to say kind of throwaway entertainment but it is that it it does need to have that holiday feel to it and i have enjoyed christmas i mean it's been pretty much every other moffat christmas special that for me has um hit the spot but i i adored christmas carol i i thought that uh last christmas was not at all bad uh, even though it did have some short story arcs i well that that uh, you see i'm skipping every other (laughs) (laughs) and uh and uh and i just Rewatched uh, D- Doctor Mysterio, and I still think that is pretty much note perfect. So that's the kind of thing that that Christmas Doctor Who should do for me. And I, 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 I kind of think if you build a whole episode around the Doctor dying, it's pretty hard for that not to be a downer. Yes, and 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 so kind of, my, I think my ideal would be: can we not just have a kind of mid-season reject? It's like. Um, did uh, that, that right before that, Twin Dilemma? Well, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily. But no, okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, Caves of Androsani. You 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 get the Doctor going out on a on a high point. So I kind of think you can you can make it a proper heroic dramatic episode in the middle of a season still part of the arc and i'm thinking about you know that first matt smith season where you got that angels episode mid-story so 
that that season had a kind of feel of having a a, a kind of mid-season high point as well as the end of season finale and if you used a, a kind of format like that to have the regeneration in the middle of the series you both get to give the doctor a great send-off that's part of the story but you hang on to the audience tuning in next week to introduce the the new doctor so you you know you can actually get them used to the new doctor um mm-hmm. b- before they all sort of drift away and and tune out so i think there's a lot to be said for that but it doesn't seem to be something that's likely to happen in in uh, the the context of modern doctor who no it doesn't really fit with a just doesn't really fit with a paradigm for the shows um, no so let's and and you know just to, to step back if i were slotting this in it feels like that whole episode where the doctor was missing could have been fixed and you know that's the thing Moffat likes to do he likes to go yeah. in and fix yeah. continuity problems and and if we had found out the doctor had been taken off on another adventure and that a you know replicant had been left in the bed for an episode <laughs> to you know as as an excuse as to why the doctor just dropped out and and was gone and then came back and and finished off um, yeah or, that would or, or have fit so you much know, or that he'd been or that he'd been taken off at the beginning of it or gone off at the beginning of episode three had some super duper heroic adventure and by the time he was he was put back or he returned he was now holding back his regeneration so he was yeah he was he was rather rather than you know being worn out he was actually in immediate pre-regeneration whatever you call it i, I, yeah. I don't know i mean it was yeah. if it, 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 it kind of went through my mind that that might be something that was in moffat's head um you well, know that's even I, that is even the point where he could have gone off and you know he he felt unwell and he was going to die and that the whole adventure convinced him that he needed to do so if you want to even keep with the premise of twice upon a time that the doctor had decided not to regenerate coming back being put back in in the bunk and it's like okay nope now I'm going to go finish this and get back to the TARDIS and and regenerate mm-hmm. All of it, anything they could have done, but but just having it wandering across the wasteland, and it's such a tease that he that they created all the Mondasian Cybermen for the previous yes. show, and then put him in Tenth Planet after the point where the Cybermen are all dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it, it was a, it was a funny one. It was a funny one. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to enumerate some of the things that... So I'll, I'll say one thing that I liked about this whole Clash of the Doctors thing, you know, which was that we got an episode where they said previously on Doctor Who, and then for the first time that I'm aware of, they actually showed footage from 20th century Doctor Who that wasn't, you know, tr- someone viewing it on a screen, kind of like they get in the te- in the bubbles in Testimony. Yeah. It was it was just, you know, black and white footage on screen on primetime BBC One, previously on Doctor Who, 709 episodes ago. 
Um, and I, I still, I, I still want to check how they counted those 709 episodes because I, I'm, I'm kind of vaguely aware that a couple of years ago we hit 800 episodes. That there must be about 120, 130 Hartnell episodes, I guess. But um, you know, you've got to get the numbers down exactly because did Resurrection of the Daleks count as two or four in the 709? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so yes, when I get a moment, that's uh, that that's going to be on my list. Hopefully, a moment that's not too high in importance. <laughs> your oh, well, you know, yeah, there's more important. Uh, the, the the age stuff. I was I was starting to worry about because he he's he's uh, saying the, there are fifteen hundred years between mm-hmm. him and the 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 kind of immediate pre regeneration Bradley wow. version. And we know that I think it's Tomb of the Cybermen where he is 450. So I'm assuming he's slightly younger than this, but a bit less than 450. That makes the immediately pre-regeneration 12th Doctor slightly less than 2,000 years old, which is pretty much exactly the same as the pre-regeneration 11th Doctor, I believe, because he'd been about 1,200 in... uh, astronaut day of the moon whatever it was called and then he spent about 600 years on trends law i think Mm -hmm. in time of the doctor so so we know he's about two then and then there's a one and a half billion years or so in heaven sent which i guess don't count because he did them in a non-consecutive fashion uh what what was was served concurrently that was wasn't it yes Yes. Um, so uh, yes. So anyway, the, the, there's plenty of plenty of stuff to nerd out on in terms of um, the the continuity specifics. Yeah, I didn't re. I wasn't worried by him. At this point, <laughs> I've given up no. trying to figure out how old the doctor is. I, well, yes, I yes, I have more or less. I have more or less. Um, I could. I have no idea why they recast, but Ben and Polly, because they they didn't manage to cast people who looked or sounded anything like them. No, they and didn't. In f- and in fact, couldn't they have had Annika... If they were going to... I mean, when I say I have no idea, obviously there's a scene with Ben and Polly in it, but that's because they chose to switch to modern colour uh, recapping of the Tenth Planet. And they chose to do it at that moment... But even then, you know, they could have actually had Annika Wills voicing Polly, couldn't they? Because she the, could... For the lines that they had, they could have just cast somebody who could do the job. I, I didn't think Polly was too terrible, but Ben was awful. Well, yeah, but but, but I didn't think... I mean, the, having Annika Wills doing the voice would have been okay, but the wig didn't look anything like Polly's hair, so... Or Ben's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, yes, yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess I'm keener on Annika Wills, which is why. Yeah, I, 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 my... I, I can understand that. It's just, I thought, I thought Ben was so bad. I thought they were trying for Polly. That was, you know, maybe not trying well enough, but I thought they were trying. But when with Ben, I just thought they just grabbed the first guy off the street and who was blonde and said, "Here, say this line." Oh, don't even bother to listening to what Ben sounds like. Uh, 
we'll not bother to put you in the same hair. We'll just put the clothes. No one will know. It's been 709 episodes. So, um, yeah, I, I could have done better on that. They but then they created them digitally. Well, you, mm, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe if the reca- if the if they'd recreated them or recast them in such a brilliant way, you thought, "Wow, for that's one very line. good." You kind of think, "Well, that that in itself justifies doing it," but it did seem a bit pointless. Other than, of course, the fact that we then get several references to Polly in the story, mm. and I wondered what you thought of these. I don't remember. I, I, I know they're making a point and dusting suspect- the TARDIS. Yes, and I suspect they're making an even worse point um, because of the coming regeneration. Um, but they they made the well, I did, more I did sexist than I recall. That yeah, well, now here's here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. I think that the problem with it is that they are being slightly self congratulatory. And maybe a bit complacent. And it might be to do with the fact that we know the Doctor is about to regenerate into a woman. And mm-hmm. it might be simply down to the fact that, you know, Doc- Doctor Who in tw- in the 21st century, when you, you know, when you compare it to the, the sort of Hartnell era serials, and I know, I mean... So here's 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 you and I, you know, a couple of middle-aged men who don't necessarily directly encounter a great deal of sexism ourselves. Um, but Hopefully. when we sat down and watched the Moon Base, we were nevertheless sort of quite aware of of the fact that Polly was being given a a tea-making role, uh, you know, enough to sort of comment on it. And so, I, I kind of think that's what the, that's what they were getting at. That certainly, the, certainly the nineteen sixties serials were a lot more sexist than the current serials are, or current episodes are. Um, not that there isn't some way to go, and I I think they could maybe have acknowledged that there was maybe some way to go. Okay. But the the problem I had with with them pointing this up is. It wasn't necessarily the Doctor being sexist towards Polly, whereas that's what we get here. Mm-hmm. It was actually the it was actually the whole production, the way Polly was written, and the fact no one thought about, you know, what what's the role we are giving the kind of lead woman in these stories. The Doctor himself wasn't necessarily telling her to go off and make tea etc etc in in the very overt way this was going on here right right and i I will admit i I will admit there is a line about um smacking susan's bottom in dalek invasion of earth but i still i still thought they would do it they would they were what they were basically doing was recreating the first doctor who is not you know i'm not i'm not a defender of the first doctor i didn't love william hartnell's performance or anything about it but they seem to be recreating the first Doctor in order to mock um, something that wasn't wasn't even necessarily accurate, 
and didn't doesn't really reflect the ethos of the show, which is actually that the Doctor himself is is a is a is a man out of time, and they're and they're trying to say he's a product of his times. I agree. That's it. It did not fit. Now, but I will throw this out: five Doctors. We also have the first Doctor, and it's the only time I can think of the first Doctor actually making a comment like that, where he tells Tegan to go get the coffee or the tea or whatever it was, <laughs> and you, you yeah, recall yeah, that response: right. "Hang on a bit," and and the you know the fifth Doctor's like, "That was a little touchy," you know. But that was to make a point about Tegan. Well, maybe character Tegan was a character that they had. Just like Sarah Jane, you know, there was when they were casting those roles, they were making kind of um, kind of a point about the the headstrong and the uh, independence, and and because it, you know a different again a different period of time, and even when the Doctor says that, even then it felt like that's not something I would have expected the first Doctor, and it wasn't too bad. He was just you know pointing at whoever the first person was sitting there. Although, on the other hand, as we've pointed out, Tegan was an air stewardess whose job it is to fetch tea and... <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is the world's greatest air stewardess, in fact. <clears throat> I, so, I, I, get, I I'd forgotten that, and I guess this could be this could be taken as being a, being a reference to the five doctors, but of course I read it as being directly to do with Hartnell's performance in the you know the the part I, I agree to play I agree with you I, I don't I don't think it was a reference to five doctors I think it was an ill-timed ill ill-conceived uh use of the doctor there to make a point and I mean I, I don't think it worked I, very well yeah I mean I think I think I think the point could be made in a different way and it could be it could be it could be about the assumptions that, that were made. It could be about the, the way the first Doctor didn't necessarily do enough to uh, correct the way that perhaps his companions were sometimes treated. Um, mm. But but it, it it seems to me that looking at so l- looking at the story, we've got we've got a, a, a time traveller who is as familiar with future. Um, cultures on earth as he is with some of the past cultures exception of perhaps the french revolution and therefore it shouldn't be a, a surprise to him that uh the, the 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 kind of attitudes towards uh sexism racism gender homophobia or whatever have shifted over time and and you know that that to him should just be something that is i suppose uh interesting from an observational point of view just looking at the way cultures have changed at arm's length because that's the kind of character the first doctor doctor was you know such much more sort of non-interventionist and we do also have the scene where um he and the brigadier's ancestor um also turn an eye to each other when bill makes her uh, lesbian revelation as well. Yeah. Which, which to which to me, you, you you could have you could have that stuff coming from the captain, because mm-hmm. he obviously is a man from 1914, and you could have the first Doctor 
not not necessarily re- reacting or responding to it, and the Twelfth Doctor being much more empathetic with the way that Bill would react to that. That, to me, actually reflects the way that the Doctor has changed in the way he's been written and in the fact that he is now perhaps more more empathetic with his companions even though he some, sometimes seems to have difficulty telling human, humans apart um, but you know that that kind of thing but yeah it, it didn't it didn't seem to me true to the way that the, the Doctor was written and the, and, the, and the fact that Doctor Who did certainly slip into depending on who was writing it did slip into quite sexist storylines and was not always a a paragon of progressiveness but actually it often was and it didn't seem to me that Polly was a character who was entirely defined by being a kind of 1950s housewife which is pretty much what you the impression that a, a new viewer who hadn't seen the original stories would get from the fact that it appears the Doctor thought she did nothing but dust the TARDIS mm-hmm. I quite liked Polly I thought she was a you know she was a good character she wasn't just a tea maker and although I felt there were more progressive um, characters in certainly the, the show soon after that so I'm you know I'm thinking about Zoe Harriet maybe uh, Liz Shaw certainly Sarah Jane Smith mm-hmm. still I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Polly in in you know in the category of even Joe Grant right or Victoria or Victoria yes yeah. indeed um yeah okay so let's so we I'll, 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 I also want to mention the French while we're talking about the Doctor and uh, introducing the Doctor because he compares the, the lighting in the TARDIS in a disparaging way to being like a French restaurant but we actually know he's very keen on the French because he likes their reign oh, the of French terror Revolution. yeah he <laughs> likes the reign of terror though that's where they got rid of all the restaurant owners Ah, oh well in that case it's fine perfectly fine that's that was fine <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I I like the fact that we we now know that the TARDIS was never broken the doctor simply didn't know how to fly it yeah because Capaldi flies it and on target, and the first Doctor is amazed. <laughs> and 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 yet, doesn't the first Doctor return it to the South Pole? Yes, he does. <laughs> Maybe the twelfth Doctor set the coordinates for him. Okay. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> and then he Good forget point. he forgets everything the twelfth Doctor has shown him because. Right, he's he's the earlier incarnation plus the whole regeneration um, yep. trauma and all the rest of it. And of course, he forgets about meeting uh, Archibald Hamish Lethbridge Stewart, mm-hmm. who yeah. cannot possibly be the Brigadier's father. I because mean, is this is this are we going to get into unit dating here? 
<clears throat> we could try getting into unit dating. I was I was going to start with the I was going to start with the victory tour, uh, or you know, in this episode, as we go out on a regeneration, of course, you have to go through everyone that the doctor has seen uh, in his uh, in his timeline, yeah. <laughs> which I don't like. Um, but in this case, in this one instance, at the very least, they did come up with a way to do it that didn't bug me as much as hallucinations. And yeah. testimony people. But it does yeah. kind of imply that Nardol died looking like Nardol. That Clara died looking like Clara. Well, he's moderately cybernetic, isn't he? Oh yeah, I did. yes, I didn't think about that. And and that, yes, that did. Bill Potts also didn't last long after she got turned into a water being. Although water beings presumably don't age, so. But she didn't remember what happened to her after that. No, the doctor that's asked true. her what 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 happened to her, and she said, uh, um, mm, well, "I don't remember." So I don't I don't know what that's supposed to tell us, but at least it was. I mean, and of course, we get to see Rusty. I didn't didn't see. Okay, so first of all, I I obviously pay a certain amount of attention to Doctor Who. I'm I'm a fairly keen viewer. Yeah. But without any warning, this thing is coming up. I'm I'm thinking, oh goodness me, what 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 was so special about Rusty? <laughs> Why? Why is he this special Dalek? I mean, I, I kind of remember the episode, but what I what I remember was uh, crazy Capaldi sprinkling people's ashes and all that kind of stuff. I don't remember the the, the ins and outs of, of the episode. Goodness me, I can't even remember why Clara had to have no why the Doctor had to have Clara's memories taken out of his head. I vaguely thought it was something to do with this whole hybridy thing, and it was the hybridy if, thing one of them remembered the other one then it would be really really bad except now he does remember her so is it not really bad because he's gonna die now so it's not but he's still gonna remember her or she's gonna she's i thought it was the two of them together 12 and clara were the hybrid 12 is gone now so i don't know uh, but it's still the doctor it's still the doctor yeah well, we could argue, but it's not, it's not I, the same. Yeah, doctor. it's just the thing. They're not going to have the same it's, dynamic. Is crowbarring? Is crowbarring in the you know these 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 kind of um, what what how, how would you put it? These kind of um, mementos of the of the Capaldi era, but but the rusty thing. I thought that, it was going to be Davros. The, well, I I. I wondered about that, but I was already bugged by the fact that in order to cram the, or crowbar this thing in, they had to they had to make the the Dalek hive mind the most powerful database in the universe. Didn't they say something like that in the um, Asylum of the Daleks? Oh, I'll have to rewatch that because I because I certainly had the impression that they had over the, over the course of Dalek Dalek portrayal of Daleks on Doctor Who that they had 
it kind of indicated that the Daleks weren't a hive mind. They were... Be, I mean, because for goodness sake, I, and neither of us are big fans of Dalek episodes, but one of, the, one of the worst things about Dalek stories, you get these, particularly, um, I, I think, in the 1980s Dalek stories, you get these long and tedious scenes where the Daleks talk to each other in their mm-hmm. Dalek voices explaining bits of the plot and you think your machines couldn't you just have downloaded the data to each other have some sort of radio network i mean that doesn't even involve a hive mind for goodness sake but no suddenly it's supposed to be a hive mind super network database thing Hmm. there is a hive there is a hive database mentioned in asylum of the daleks but you're correct if they make the daleks a hive mind then we have a problem with Daleks, with the way they act, the way they behave. Mm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> not a good, not a good thing. But again, really nothing, nothing to that. Um, Bill Potts being an imposter. Okay, not really anything to it because, as the doctor says, wait, you guys are. This isn't even a diabolical mastermind plan. This is just. No, you're you're being good. I I don't know how to deal with that. Which is exactly how I feel about the episode. It's like, this is an episode where nothing happened. I don't know what to... Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. And, and, and that, thing, that thing of... Because I, because I thought that we, we had with, with Bill this really kind of very, very strong story arc in, and to the, to the point where her demise was acceptable for a character who I loved and I just wanted to see her carry on and I thought wouldn't wouldn't it be fabulous to have her as a companion to Jodie Whittaker's Doctor but it did make sense in the context of that two-parter that she sacrificed herself and became a a Cyberman and then of course Moffat being Moffat he he undoes that but by 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 this point any any kind of um, enjoyment at seeing Pearl Mackey back as Bill Potts is kind of tempered by the fact that you're, you're, you, you feel there has been kind of closure on that, that story arc. And although I didn't think it at the time, I saw this comment from someone on Twitter that Moffat had said he didn't intend to, to write Bill Potts into this story. And it came from the fact that he was writing it and thinking at the point where she steps through the door wouldn't it be great if the person that comes through this door I, I want them to be Bill Potts and the, this comment I saw on Twitter was that should have been Susan and it and it's absolutely right this was the point to get Carol Ann Ford back in the show as someone yes, who would have meant something to both the, both the first Doctor and the twelfth Doctor who could have who could have played the character of Susan but at the age she is now that would have been fantastic yep but they didn't yeah they had to go with what the current audience would know so what did you what did you think of testimony the organization the whole project the idea (laughs) yeah didn't didn't really impress me as particularly Cool. I was interesting. I was, I was completely unconvinced by it. In, I mean, first of all, it just seemed to me that the Doctor describing it as not evil 
was very undoctorish because here you ha- here you have an organisation which and you know in an era where we are talking about kind of mass surveillance and all the rest of it where it was going round in the moments of people's death without any consent from them whatever making a complete copy of all their memories and then based on what the you know whole process the 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 the, the premise of the show that you know the man is the sum of his memories kind of thing um taking that without consent strikes me as being not entirely an uneval thing to be going around doing well i think it's not meant with evil with malice how about that okay but if i if i it might be (laughs) if i if i if i tried that on set you know saying well actually i'm i'm uh i I, i'm gonna rip uh, a copy of twice twice upon a time from a from a blu-ray or whatever that i don't own but i don't mean it with with management i'm still infringing someone's copyright okay wait a minute though but we are assuming that they're keeping with what they state. You are conserving it. Because if, if your memories are the property of you as a person, you as a person ends one moment later. And then it's A, gone, and there is no one you're infringing upon. Mm. I don't. I'm, I'm, well, I get. I'm I get your. Advocate. I get your point. What I. What I. What I would like is. I think in almost any other episode, there would have been a, a more. Uh, there would have been a critical engagement with those questions because they're interesting questions, and you know, they're quite you, important. You have, particularly you now, you have intimate memories of other human beings that might not want those. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and uh, you know and and what what kind of so rights do you do you have uh, post death and 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 all this kind of thing? The other the other thing that struck struck me as being particularly undoctorish was here was an organisation that did all this stuff. So in order to in order to do this stuff, they've got to be able to make a complete copy of someone's memories. They've also got to be able to take people out of time at any time. They've got to be able to track basically the entire lifeline of everyone in the universe, and they've got to be able to freeze time in order to do it. Mm-hmm. And the doctor comments on the fact that this is this is kind of monumentally impressive technology that they're that they've got here, and it never crosses his mind that it might be a problem for this technology to be out there. It's just, oh yeah, these people are benign. That's cool. It's never going to fall into the wrong hands. Okay, and so are they not doing? another variation of what the time lords supposedly do yeah but the doctors they don't intervene so they're here they are the doctor's Uh, not exactly cool with that the captain's the captain's a perfect example he's about to get shot in the head he's not terribly old they can stop time and pull him out to get his memories but they can't stop time to save him they don't stop time they to save him. They don't stop time to save him. That's right. They could do it. They don't. So is there a person who belongs to testimony that decides to run away from the organization and use their technology to, to see the universe and live in the world and save people? <laughs> and is that, yeah, <laughs> it, it just, yeah, no, it, it's, it's un, 
it's you could do you could idea. do anything with that technology. I mean, the Time Lords found out that anyone else had that kind of technology because Doctor clearly thinks it's more impressive than Time Lord technology. Are they saving all the Time Lords too when they die? I mean, they are I, saving well, them in I the think Matrix. They just get a backup of the Matrix. Yeah. So. I, I mean, the the type that it's 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 I suppose similar in a way to to the Matrix, except that the matrix is specifically time lord thing time lords know about that time lords consent to and that's part of part of their part of their society that is is that is at least at, at some uh majority level uh, mm-hmm. that th- there is some kind of consent for and this you know this really really doesn't have the feel of that and it just seemed to me that it was being glossed over in a way that felt more expedient than authentic yeah okay two things one i don't want to forget that there is something that we postponed and now we have to do it and that is it's time for us to do our review episode of one breath one breath mm-hmm Doctor Regeneration episodes. Deep breath. Deep breath. Sorry, one breath. Deep, deep breath. breath. Yes, deep breath. indeed. Yes, we will. Well, maybe we didn't do it then. Well, maybe we did do it. We didn't do it. We haven't. Truly, we haven't. We have not done. We skipped it. I'm pretty sure. Although I we did haven't just search done our website because... for one breath. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we I didn't do it wrong. as a re- we didn't do it as a regeneration episode because we wanted to look at whether it would whether it would give us any insight into the Capaldi era as a whole. And given the fact that I think the Capaldi performance has really, really developed over the, the, the uh, three seasons he's had, I, th- I think that, that that's a very justifiable decision. Okay. And then the other uh, thing that I think is really interesting looking at this episode is to think, is to, is to compare it. And I know we've done some of them, but to compare it to the kind of pre regeneration episodes, those stories that, that lead up, to the doctor dying um, to, to kind of pinpoint where it all went wrong <laughs> pretty much pretty much any case okay so back to the brigadier's ancestor why you know good in, getting into unit dating or not getting into unit dating let's pretend like we don't let's pretend like doctor who occurred year for year exactly when it occurred so unit era was from 1970 to 1975-ish Yes, and the controversy is over it being sometime in the future. So in the future of that. Nicholas that, Courtney... That, that would only strengthen your argument. Nicholas Courtney, born in 1929. He would have to be at least 15 years older than the actor portraying him, and I don't think... I don't think that that comes off. And I suppose he could be, but it really doesn't do look we, that way. Do we get that he's the that Archibald is the father? No, of Alistair. We do not, because he talks. He says, "My family." We, we did, he didn't. He says he his own name. name. Kids. But he has so could, son. Could be his grandfather. Yeah, but let's. You know that would be, maybe. Maybe I don't know. We didn't really get that, but 
Um, if it's a grandfather, you'd think it would maybe that would fit with unit dating. Okay, I could go with that. If we want to put, if we want to put unit, say five to ten years ahead, it's his grandfather. Gotta be. Yeah. Which I I think is consistent with what we hear in the story. How, how do you feel about that? The inclusion of Mark Gatiss as the brigadier. Let's call him grandfather just for the sake of being consistent. I, I'm not wild about it. Um, pure, purely because I think that there is that there, there, there is kind of paying tribute to to Nicholas Courtney and the, and you know the character that he he did so much with and who is so fondly remembered and that that seemed to me terribly appropriate in 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 um bringing uh, bringing into the show the character of, of of kate stewart and having having her played by Gemma redgrave and i really appreciated that on top of the on top of the 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 phone call the, the Matt Smith phone call I forget which episode it was in but which I thought was also a kind of very moving way of acknowledging Courtney's passing and obviously it was a a disappointment that although Nick Courtney did a, a, a appear in in um, the Sarah Jane adventures he never played the brigadier in the 21st century show right but it seemed to me that they kind of, having missed that opportunity, they, they've, they've kind of gone overboard because I really, really did not like the whole Brigadier as a Cyberman thing. Mm -hmm. And that, that to me is the kind of nadir of this, this obsession with um, trying, to, trying to sort of bring the Brigadier into the, into the show. You know, you, this, you, you, this didn't feel as bad as that, but it just did feel unnecessary. You brought up something tangentially there that I didn't uh, didn't think of, but this is a tribute. The doctor then, you know, talks vaguely about I can't remember what the words were, but he he was pointing out to the first doctor or pointing out to the audience that you know, <clears throat> basically, reference to the brigadier. No yeah. reference to Kate. Just basically yeah. ignored her, you know. She's just a tribute to the brigadier, and this guy's just a tribute to the brigadier. Not well, a tr they, you know, not, they could have they could have made this made the point. However, he phrased it, they could have made it in such a way that would reflect that the family. Well, they did. The the I mean, the inference that you've drawn and that I've drawn is that it is aimed at the brigadier, but it. It's Why? not the brigadier being mentioned, is it? I don't remember. He says, remember you, now, but he I... says, check, check on my family. And, he, and he, he says something like, you can absolutely count on it. Mm. And obviously, right, maybe. for those of us who are familiar with Lethbridge Stewart, we are thinking of him. And he's Lethbridge Stewart rather than Stewart. So for, 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 the, for the modern audience, they might not immediately think of Kate, though... Obviously, she has mentioned her father, so the connection is there. Yeah, maybe. 
All right, I'll, I'll take that as a maybe. That could be my interpretation of I might have completely and utterly forgotten Kate Stewart and just ignored her in that case. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be the alternative. I think, like, I I think, I think it's... I think it's... And that would just... That's just... That's just the break. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's understandable that that's the inference um, because I think it is. You know what we've got, what we've got here. He he's a Lethbridge Stewart and he is a soldier, like the brigadier, and Kate isn't. Yeah. Okay, so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because I don't think it's fair. Um, I mean, we've just we've just spent. Uh, three plus years ignoring deep breath because it's not time to look at a doctor's regeneration until his era is over. Um, but regeneration sequence, end of episode, new doctor, I, I, I don't think you can ever draw anything from them particularly. So, but anything you want to call out? You mean in terms of, in terms of uh, Capaldi's valedictory speech, or in terms of oh, Whitaker's that was one not, word? That was not his. That was not his Zygon speech. Let's put it that way. That was agreed. It was awful. It's part of this this indulgence that I feel is entirely unjustified. I, I, I can see I can see it's difficult for an actor leaving the role and that doing something like that may be a way to help them express the sense of loss that they're going to feel for the audience I feel it would be kinder if they maybe let the actor do it but then left it on the cutting room floor yeah no I, I didn't care for it and, you know and this is the first time he has been addressing Himself, and I'll use him in this case because he yes. doesn't know. But <clears throat> he doesn't know something's going to fall off. Um, but um, yeah, it's just like I'm, I've, I've got these words for the next doctor. Oh, come on. Yeah, Capaldi is probably more than any other doctor known for his his speechifying. I think starting. Yeah, starting a ways back, but it was, it went on, and I during it I was, get on with it, <laughs> be done with it. My wife was sitting over in the chair crying, but but I was, <sighs> I'd been completely nonplussed by the entire thing. Nothing had happened. Nothing, you know, the fact that they put a military guy in a mustache. It was obviously the brigadier's family. That was not a review, not a surprise. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, because <laughs> all British military officers with mustaches are obviously rated, related to the leather <laughs> stewardess, stewards. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I, I was, I was so unimpressed. And then he started speeching. I'm like, really? You're actually gonna, you're actually gonna make a speech for yourself. Okay. <laughs> Be done with it. Please don't blow up the TARDIS. Too late. I knew they were <laughs> gonna do that. But yeah, no, I, I just in the in the post uh are you are you excited for the future with a doctor falling from a completely and totally lethal uh distance? 
uh, down to the planet with a TARDIS exploding uh, and then the future. Does that make you look forward to next year? Uh, yes. Cliffhangers go. It didn't. Oh, for yes. Me. <laughs> no, so. I, I mean, no, well, it's very, it's very difficult to do a cliffhanger. It's very difficult to do a cliffhanger with that. And I, 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 I can't help obviously drawing the, the parallels between, you know, the, the setup we got for um, the 11th hour albeit that he didn't fall out of the TARDIS at that point, but it was it was the same kind of destruction and loss of control. Having having said that, you know, the, the key thing it really is their delivery of her line word. Which word. was great. Um but I, I mean I, I I thought the sixty seconds that we got when when the casting was revealed got me uh, really, really excited about what was to come, and uh, and and this all the more so. And I, it, it's a long time to wait. Yeah, I'm going to say any human being could hold out a key and look up from a hoodie, and and any yep. any actor it wasn't on the that. planet, it wasn't. actor actress could fall out of the TARDIS. There was there's there's nothing in those performances to draw anything out for me. It just there's just uh, like, there was right, the well, smile. It was, it's going to be it a wasn't, cheat. It wasn't. I mean, it's either I thought, be a I cheat thought, or it's going to be a setup that 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 the new doctor is going to land on a beach at Broadchurch and spend the year <laughs> trapped in a cottage. She's not um, going to land in West Bay. She's going to land in Cardiff, and I'll bet you any money on that. <laughs> uh why do you know something? Well, I know where it's filmed. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen anything though. No. Oh yeah, she's been seen around Cardiff. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, but it, it 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 wasn't. I mean, I thought the I thought the sixty seconds was extremely well directed. Um, all we actually get from Whitaker, apart apart from I guess those are her footsteps, but it's the smile that did it for me in that, and uh, and in this it was it was the you know delivery of brilliant. I'm I'm quite excited. Reminded me a little too much of Ace. Oh, I didn't get that. Didn't get I that. Got That's that. interesting. That was that was what came to my mind. But 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 Ace has a London accent. <clears throat> that wasn't a London accent. No. <laughs> what was it? Uh, oh, well, somewhere in the north. <laughs> I'm not too good on accents. Oh well, how do you know it wasn't North London then? Uh, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. It, I mean, it's, it's it's she's doing it with her accent, and I'm thinking she's Lancashire, but I'm not absolutely positive, and I'm highly likely to. That was the offend, offend whichever half of the listeners in the north who I just offended. Yes. <laughs> You know, it was the intonation. It was the... Yorkshire. Was, She's Yorkshire. Yeah. I got it wrong. I got it wrong. She's Yorkshire. Whoops. Sorry, everyone. Anyway. Uh, I don't have anything else. I'm just... I'm going, I'm going to... I'm going to pick on a, t- a couple of tiny things, tiny yep. further indulgences, one of which is that they were clearly, with all the first Doctor, Twelfth Doctor stuff, they were going all out for the kind of meta jokes... Um, about the TARDIS windows 
which I think you can get away with once, even though the joke is clearly aimed at uh, Clayton Hickman, but uh, who, who's a former editor of Doctor Who magazine, who is extremely uh, entertainingly knowledgeable about different incarnations of the TARDIS, and, there, and therefore, you know, it works as a one-off reference. But um, wasn't Clayton Hickman in this as somebody? I Didn't don't I see that name as a credit as like the German soldier or something? The German soldier was played by Toby Whithouse. Oh, Toby who, Whithouse, Clayton Hickman. Like Mark Gatiss, has written uh, yeah. an episode in most of the seasons since the show came back, I think. Um, so, yeah, it was the writers shooting each other. Not quite sure what that was a metaphor for. But anyway, um, the, other, the other indulgence was I, I'm not sure if this is true. But Murray Gold is apparently Gone. not returning, and uh, we got a, we got a kind of a, uh, it was kind of like he him doing his victory lap with the kind of themes themes from uh, the Eccleston and Tennant episodes cropping up in this in a way that didn't quite make sense to me uh, in terms of what we were seeing on screen. I mean, it made sense in this in it was. You, you, Murray Gold's right. greatest hits, but I don't know if that helped the episode. As I was walking to breakfast this morning, I was trying to think of things to say about this. Um, and one of the things that crossed my mind was that the music, and, and you'll probably not like this, but I think it's well past time for Murray Gold to go. I won't like that, no. I, I don't think he's been... I think his music has been disappearing into the show particularly during Capaldi's era, for the most part, that, that I can go whole episodes and never hear a bar of music. And, and I like, I, I'm and not I sure like music. I, I like music in, in shows. I'm, I'm not a believer in the, the modern low-key. I, I like over-the-top. Maybe not I will ag- too loud, I will agree. But- Doctor Who is one of, the, one of those shows where the music is allowed to be a feature of it. I think, and that's less common nowadays. I, I mean, I, certainly the comparison that springs into my mind is, is, is you know, Laurie Johnson era of the Avengers, where you absolutely um, are aware of the score that is going on all the way through it, mm-hmm. and it's part is part of what you're what you're appreciating. Whereas um, the, the the kind of cinematic concept of, of of the score is that it's un, it, 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 it it's underlying the and bringing out the the story that you're seeing on the screen but it's not necessarily in your face and so i did my recollection was that there was absolutely no music that i remembered whatsoever from the episode but but i was incorrect because you did call to mind that there was one point and i won't even swear to it, but I think it might be when they were on Rusty's planet where the Eccleston mm-hmm. theme was playing a little bit. Yeah, um, it was. I, it was in the I tower. do remember that from from that episode or from that that time and thinking at that moment. It's like, huh, I haven't heard that in a while. But the rest of it, gone. So I think there was a bit of doomsday in there somewhere. But, so I, I, but I, I, I fear, you know, from, from your point of view... Uh, Whoever, because because Murray Gold is one of the one of these score writers. I mean, I think the I think David Arnold is another 
one yeah. because we actually get this in, in Sherlock. Da- David Arnold and Michael Price, I should, because it's obviously co-written in Sherlock. Um, but whoever we get for season 37 of Doctor Who, I think is much less likely to be someone who's writing the score as a feature and much more as something that is a background oh, aspect. Oh, come on. Do we put bets on it right now? Who wrote the score for Broadchurch? Who did write the score for Broadchurch? I don't know, but I would I would put more than even money that that will be the composer for the next series of Doctor Who. Well, I'm going to look up who wrote the score for Law and Order UK and put money on that instead. Then, because it's definitely Bradley Walsh been very obvious that these people who are running these shows like to grab people they're comfortable with that they've worked with before and you know have that's one less problem you know one less problem for uh, the new show writer showrunner to deal with he's already got he's already sure. got the problems of you know any controversy he's got, shaking up the format, blowing up the TARDIS, whatever it happens to be, he's got those. He doesn't need to be having a struggle of wills with a new composer. <laughs> so, you know, there's going to be positions that he's going to put. He's going to find directors he's comfortable with. He's going to find songwriters he's comfortable with. He's cinematographers he's comfortable with. Whatever it happens to be, I, I would be willing to bet that. And then I think song songwriter will be probably the the most likely directors next. okay okay but i the i i haven't seen Broadchurch, so i can't comment eh. on the I, I i can't i can't comment on the music for it which incidentally i've checked is composed by olafur arnold yeah i may be pronouncing his name wrong um i i'm still thinking having looked it up i'm still thinking it might be Andy Price who who uh, composed for Law and Order UK because he also composed the BBC's Robin Hood, which is one of those kind of high high concept fantasy shows like Doctor Who, where the score is actually quite in your face and quite a big part of who did the, that? Uh, Andy Price. Andy Price. The name rings a bell, and I'm sure he's done something else I'm familiar with, but I can't mm. think what it is off the top of my head. Well, you know, and just as long as they don't get the guy who did the Sea Devils. <laughs> and and thank, goodness, thank, thank goodness that um, Dudley Simpson is no more. Um, not a fan of his work. <laughs> For the most part, though. Anyway. All right, Simon. Well, I should let you get back to your uh, 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 shedding <laughs> Christmas time. And <laughs> Thank I'm you gonna, very much. There's a, there's a beach calling out here uh, over my shoulder. Oh, <laughs> it's a hard life. Yes, it's a tough life. And uh, so thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time. On Fusion Patrol. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. 
Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusionpatrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle, at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amberwolf.